Welcome to the DNA Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and joining with me always is my impeccable, amazing, adorable, and if he was a Pokemon, I would choose him, David Perry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I knew well anything as... about Pokemon, I'd be flattered, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, was, I don't even know where to go from there, but I'm just going to say, and bring coming back for his second time on the show from Tabletop yeah. Journeys is the amazing, and yeah, you know what, he'll be my second choice, uh, it is wonderful to have you on the show again thank you so much for being here well, thanks uh, for trusting, yeah. uh, our subject tonight is one that you and i josh had a little bit of a debate on uh mm-hmm. it, we started as just a, a casual conversation and it got so intricate and so passionate <laughs> and not in a negative way either like not even like intense it was just like wow this is a cool conversation that we both stopped our conversation and said this would be great for a podcast yeah. um and you know what I, I i i love getting a third opinion on it uh so we're going to talk about tonight uh the rumor mill that is dnd six edition and some of the controversy that is coming with it because there is there are the gatekeepers with this there are some things that are rumored to be changed and we decided also you know it, it's probably good to have david on the show because you know he's been around since 2.0 uh oh red box you were right <laughs> yeah. back in so. my day elf was a class oh yeah absolutely yeah you know back, back when lizards were still known as mages yeah you know? this poster behind me is uh star yeah. frontiers and yeah. that was that came out of the same box uh boxed editions of role-playing games that tsr put out in the 80s i was in fourth grade nice star yeah. frontiers came out see i was so, just trying to make a casual joke about you being old but you, you just embrace it to a whole new i was level. gonna say i don't think he's any older than me i mean for, and i'm the youngest one on my podcast so uh you know i think uh, uh are you really oh yeah Lee, Anika, and glenn are both uh uh the aged gentlemen of uh, of our show, and uh, they Edition. also started with the Red Box. See, because I I'm like the relative newbie. I started with Second Edition, AD&D. I, I never played I never played Red Box. So I started with 3.0, but really I got in started with 3.5. Yeah. But um, oh, newbie. I know I'm a baby. You, you don't remember the Great Tackle Wars of the nineties? Like that's I, it. I, <laughs> I played AD and D. And yeah. when when second edition came out, I moved. We moved to my gaming group moved away from AD and D. We went over to the Palladium system because yeah. their skill system was better. Because yeah. the AD and D proficiency system was was horrible. Um, I mean it it was it was a good first attempt, but like yeah. just to use swimming as an example, either you were Mark Spitz, you know, um, or you would drown in four feet of water. It, it was just bad. Uh, so we, we left the system for a little while. Um, but yeah, I go back to Redbox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you would also, uh, Lou and and Glenn would also love you for the fact that you are a, a Palladium fan because they are huge proponents of, uh, of rifts and GURPS and Palladium and, and all that stuff. So that's, a uh, again, those were not my, those were not my games. They, they really weren't like I started with, uh, again, I started with like second edition AD&D, my very first campaign. In fact, I'm not sure if I've ever said this on radio, uh, my very first campaign ever, I was playing a psionic in a spell jammer campaign. Actually. Okay. Um, so, right. So I mean, it's like old school, like interplanetary, like it was awesome. Uh, and then pretty quickly I played basically D and D like throughout high school. Um, and then when I went to college, that's when I got into like uh, vampire the masquerade style LARPing and storytelling and started, and I did live action for, uh, uh, I mean, I, like 
I still play a little bit of, of D&D, especially when 3rd Edition came out. I played in a big 3rd Edition campaign that ran for, like, years and years and years. Expand generations of characters kind of thing, you know. Um, but did a lot of live-action stuff. And so that very much kind of informed kind of where I am now, coming from a very live-action right? You might want to check your mic real quick because I don't know if it's actually catching your mic or if it's catching your computer itself. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to interrupt your your conversation. Nope, you're That's absolutely why I was just... right. Yeah, hold on a sec. There you go. How about how about that? Oh my me? god, it's so different. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. Uh, Josh didn't realize he wasn't connected to the right mic, so if it does sound a little weird in the beginning, just completely disregard. Yeah. He's he's at his second house. So he doesn't have his proper <laughs> setup at his second house, you know. I mean, technically, I'm at the first house, but that's not oh the my point. god, shut up! Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it in the Hamptons? Uh, no, it's not in the Hamptons. It, it is. It is in coastal Maine, however. That's uh, <laughs> Pinky's uh, out over there. Yeah, if it, were, if it weren't dark, you'd see the the ocean out there. So, oh my god, shut up! I hate you. Yeah, uh, know, yeah. that's all and, good. And, and I will say too that uh, that Lee Winika and Glenn, uh, if they are listening to this, will laugh so much at me having my technical setup wrong because I'm like the resident tech guy on our podcast, right? Like, uh, and I am routinely giving Lee Winika shit about the fact that uh, Winika, you're on the wrong microphone, Lee Winika. I like it when he gets passionate and like he disconnects stuff. <laughs> that's funny. Oh my God. That's yeah. always the best. Like, oh, I uh, love it. it. It really is. Yeah. Lee Winnie uh, is my boy. I love him. From, 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 from an entertainment perspective, I celebrate. From an editing perspective, I weep. <laughs> you, you cringe. Know, like, the, you know, it's, uh, well, why are you five feet away from your microphone? I know that you're excited, but just closer to your microphone, please. Uh, please say that again, just in the same room as your microphone, please. <laughs> uh, so besides like love being you, at your, your alternative uh, housing yeah. establishment. Uh, what have you been up to, good sir? Oh man, what have I not been up to lately? I mean, we are, uh, you know, February has been very, very busy for us. We have been yeah. doing a bunch of stuff. We are actually, uh, so after I, I talk with you fine gentlemen right now, I'm actually meeting with Lewinika and Glenn later tonight. Uh, we're going to be recording our next series of Class Warfare episodes, which are the um, uh, the episodes that we just started launching where we roll up tunes of a particular class and mm. then roll up some random enemies and we throw the tunes at the enemies and see if we walk away. Oh. I like uh, that. That's, that, that's our, our new YouTube series. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is a tremendous amount of fun. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's just fun. It's great. I'm in. Um, yeah, go ahead. Was it? Uh, no, I was it. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Ch check it out on YouTube. If you go to, to www.ttjourneys.com, our YouTube link is right there. Go check it out. They're a lot of fun. And if we get yes. 100 subscribers, we'll have a better YouTube link. So that would be Yay, really nice. There you go. Um, but on top of that, we also have our second book about to come out. It's going to be coming out... Uh, Probably at the end of the month here, we're in kind of like the the layout and editing, uh, final editing stages of the content. Uh, we're putting out a companion to the new Monsters of the Multiverse book that uh, Wizards of the Coast just put out. Um, it is it's called The Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse. It's kind of our our, uh, our spiel is the, the Traveler's Guides. Uh, and this is, it's full of uh, player options to accompany all the races and lineage and monsters and everything that they put in there. So it's got a, uh, a bunch of feats, a bunch of magic items, a bunch of uh, mundane items, a, a ton of stuff in there, a bunch of campaign, really? campaign hooks and everything like that to go ahead and help uh, take those those races and those those new, those new rules and uh, uh throw more stuff on them so we've been That's we've been awesome. heavy into that also yeah well we'll definitely have to have you on the show to talk about that later on once yeah, you guys definitely. we'd love to yeah absolutely oh my god especially if i can get lee Winika like 
all passionate about it too. <laughs> wind him up. Oh yeah. Uh, Which isn't hard like because, yeah. oh my gosh, how we got him wound, wound up. Uh, I was actually listening to some of our old episodes, uh, but the, the zombie one and him talking <laughs> about how you guys have to stay over at his house and yeah. everything like he wouldn't let you guys leave and everything oh, yeah. was absolutely hilarious um i actually did a DD game not too long ago uh i try to do some i try to do unique things fun things in the uh when i play uh david can vouch for this one uh like i would find out hey what have you been drinking would you eat for this session would you bring like actual physical food and drinks and depending on what it is, I'd give you either a positive or negative effect to your character. So if you drink water, you actually are doing healthier. So you get a little bit more, you know, you're more, a little more aware. So you, you, uh, if you had an energy drink, you get a little more pep to your steps. So you get like five extra feet walking, um, stuff like that. Uh, the guys have been like hounding me for trying to get inspiration. Mm -hmm. So I got uh, birdie bots, every flavor jelly beans. And I mixed them into a bowl. And I said, if you can tell me what flavor you ate, I will give you inspiration. First guy picks out one, salt and pepper. Got it right off the bat. I was like, or black pepper. And got it. Nice. I was like, okay. Second guy, he too accidentally picked up black pepper and ate it and got it. And I was like, okay, cool. You guys, my Boston guy, Ken, ate three jelly beans and he couldn't oh, tell what the flavors were. And it was funny watching him because the first one he ate was sausage flavored jelly beans. Oh, gross. That's right. Like, I'm like, I'm, look, I'm looking at him. Like, <laughs> I'm like getting maniacal because I saw it. And he goes, I don't know. It tastes really good, though. I'm like, all right. Try another one, Ken. He grabs it, eats it, chucks it down, just chewing on it. It's a booger flavored jelly bean. It's like, I don't know. This one's pretty sweet, too. Is I, I, I I'm like... And I'm sitting there like, I'm like, Ken, you just ate a booger. And he goes, sure, I could see that. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, all right, you got to guess one. And so I finally gave him, I can't remember what I, I think. I, oh, I gave him mud flavored jelly bean and he ate it. And he goes, I guess it kind of tastes like dirt. It's pretty good though. And I'm like, oh my, he couldn't guess. I, I don't know if he's just like, so like his, his, taste buds are just so like burnt out or what have you but it was yeah. just absolutely hilarious watching him <laughs> eat these jelly beans and legitimately enjoying booger flavored jelly bean and sausage needs a COVID test. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's just further proof that if you take enough sugar and put it with anything oh yeah it'll, it'll be fine you know but and i can yeah. see how it was like a sausage flavored gummy a, a sausage flavored jelly bean could be passably okay i mean you, that, that's you know do you know which one's really good though? I, I kid you not, but you have to be super careful about eating it. Is the <laughs> beer flavored jelly beans? Yeah. They're really good. However, oh, you smell like you have beer on your breath. <laughs> and I I made that mistake at eating them at uh <laughs> one of my previous workplaces. Mm -hmm. And and the girl freaked out. She's like, Have you been drinking? And I'm like, No. And she's like, I can smell it on you. And I'm like, It's jelly beans. <laughs> oh wow. So, she's like, you should probably not eat those here. And I'm like, that's probably an adult's decision. <laughs> those of which I'm incapable of making, apparently, you know. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, <sighs> Dave, has have you been up to anything? No, not since we talked last no. time. Yeah, it's been not that long. Actually, Josh, have you watched Fox Machina? 
So we, uh, yes, because we are doing a episode on Vox Machina in a couple of weeks here. And so I have, I'm about, uh, uh, boy, where am I? Oh, they have just, uh, they have just figured out kind of the origin of the big bad. Right. And, and, uh, okay. Yeah. Or at least the, the big bad of like the first part of it. So I'm like, I'm like two or three episodes in so far. Okay. All right. Um, did you watch your, the, the show around your wife? No, I made the mistake uh, no, 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 of no, watching. No. The, she's the, not. The... Yeah. She's, she's not. She is well, not of of our of our nerd variety. Well, I'm just talking about the scene, the 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 tavern scene in the the first episode. In the first episode, no, no, <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, people were listening to our episode and uh, us talking about it because we did talk about it on our last episode, and we were giggling like little schoolgirls over there talking about that whole scene, and everybody came up to me afterwards was like is there really boobs? And I'm like, yeah, no, there really is. Be careful where you watch it. <laughs> so spoilers for your show, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's right uh, in the first episode. Uh, yeah. I mean that, that we've got that episode coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. I'm not sure when, uh, uh, that's when awesome. this conversations going out, but we'll be, we'll be talking about box Machina in a couple of weeks here. I, well, I, and, I, and even I beyond that, I mean, the, the other, the other thing just to watch out for with people with kids, it's not just, you know, not just yeah. the nudity. It's, yeah. It 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 vacillates very quickly between you know having having a very crude joke or something that was yeah. really funny and then in the next scene like a child is being crucified, right? Or, or someone's head is being taken off or they're yeah, being yeah. disemboweled or you know dismembered just right on the screen. Yeah. So I, just another reason why you you know you need to if you want your kids to watch this or you allow your kids to watch this you need to know your kid and you yeah. you should probably just, watch it first just know, just know what you're just know what you're you're, what you're throwing in front of your kids absolutely yeah. i mean like for the most part our our podcast tends to be pretty pg-13 right like mm -hmm. we don't there's not a lot of profanity we don't talk a lot about stuff right but we're in the middle of airing an actual play uh that was uh it's a powered by the apocalypse build based on the faith no more album the real thing uh and there are uh copious references to sex drugs rock and roll swearing the whole nine yards very uncharacteristic for our channel and so we have a content warning at the front like hey this isn't your normal tabletop journeys episode you got to watch out because there's there's a there's some stuff that happens <laughs> yeah, yeah, respectfully so you know yeah it's just yeah. like when we did the alien one it's like hey there's gonna be oh swearing. yeah you know absolutely yeah yeah i mean when we did the alien actual play same same kind of thing where it was like hey you know we're not going to censor this because if we censored this it'd be about five minutes long and no fun so you know there's a there's there's going to be body horror there's going to be people dying there's going to be yeah so rightfully placed humanity as i or, uh, profanity as i scare the crap out of you all and you know, all that yeah so good times but. um so the, the reason we are doing this episode again is to talk about <laughs> six 5.5 or six edition whatever they yeah. decide to call it and whatever the evolution else wants to take. yes the evolution so. yes and what if they call it dnd evolution do you think that's a possibility and they just quit uh, calling it the edition no, I mean they're look they're they're pretentious, but they're not that pretentious. Like that's you know they you know they. I think that the evolution was, and that's what everyone's calling it now because we don't know if it's five point yeah. five or six. But that's just that's all just taken from the article that they wrote where they said you know that the evolution um, of D and D is coming. Like that's yeah. You know, so uh, so and 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 in this sense, I want to put this ahead of time. Like I said, you and I have had this conversation before, mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to and we were looking at from various angles of the pros and cons and what we liked and what we you know again this is all hypothetical uh what we liked and didn't like and we decided to bring this conversation to the podcast and you are going to play the role in this in this this scenario as 
the protagonist and I'm going to in, in this Harvard the, debate, I am going to be taking yes. the position for yes. an evolution. Mm, I, 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 <laughs> we're doing a debate. This is a dads with nerdy ambitions uh, debate. I will yeah. be playing the antagonist in this and David is Sweden. So he gets to play both sides. Um, <laughs> no, but, not, Switzerland it, it, is neutral. Oh, Switzerland. Sweden's not, oh, man, I, see, I failed. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I knew that too. And I knew I was yeah. going to make that mistake. Oh, uh, Good thing I can edit this out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I will always know. <laughs> oh no. Um, yes, you were definitely playing Switzerland. Uh, yeah. You, but there is. There was a lot of questions. There's a lot of like, I don't want to call it negativity because some of it is negativity, but some of it is like legitimate questions and like yeah. thoughts. And I'm going to play that part with this and just like how we bring these points up and everything so please listeners when you are listening to this know that regardless of what we're saying here we're just trying to clarify for everyone and we're not trying to um what's the word i'm looking for like we're not trying to keep anybody from enjoying role-playing game and having a good time and no matter what you how we feel or what we state you can always play games however the heck you want yeah. nobody's going to stop you. Yep. I, I, I always go back to, um, so a, a show that was very kind of instrumental in Lewanika and mine's decision to start a podcast in the first place is a podcast called the RPG Academy, which has been running for, you know, Michael and his crew have been running for, uh, for 12 years, my cat's saying hello, uh, for 12 <laughs> years or so. And, you know, fabulous podcast, but they always say that like in table, in role-playing games, you know, the number one rule is, are you having fun? No matter what system you're playing, no matter what rules you ignore, whatever, what rules you lean into, whatever, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. And that is really, you know, that is really kind of what's tantamount here. And that's sort of, uh, that's the position that that's kind of the, 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 uh, the position that informs how I feel about this evolution, uh, in general. And so, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Like we're not trying to be intentionally inflammatory about this, right? How I, but I, I do really feel like this is a good thing for, for the game, uh, and for the community going forward. Um, that's a, that's a totally legit feeling. I will say that I am, I am not going to necessarily assume that I speak for, my co-host on this because I'm not, uh, we haven't had this conversation. We keep talking about whether or not we're going to do an episode about this and we haven't yet. Um, and I think that there would probably be some, there'd probably be some differences in how I feel about some of the stuff than, uh, than either of those other fine gentlemen. Uh, and, 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 you so and, had, that. and you and I have had that debate where I feel you know, different on certain things. Sure. Um, so let's go ahead and let's get right into this. Then. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at Dungeons and Dragons, then evolution. Um, one of the actually, you know, why don't you lead us into this? Because you sure. have a more working knowledge of this. Yeah. So the the evolution as it has been announced is a effort from Wizards of the Coast to crack open some of the very stratified boxes that they have put various races, various monsters, various lore bits uh, they want to crack open the walls that kind of have have pushed certain races and lineages and things into specific corners and specific categories. You know, the one that kind of that keeps coming up is that you know the the drow for the for most of the forgotten realms time pan, time span going back to three and 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 even before that have been in, an inherently evil race, right? The drow mm-hmm. were the evil elves. They were always well, the bad. That goes back to AD and D. 
yeah um, even before third right. edition i mean that's in the right. fiend folio when the drawer introduced in the fiend folio yeah they have ebony skin they yep. have white hair and they yep. are just plain they are evil. just just plain evil right all of them you know which is which is part of what made the novels with drizzt so kind of revolutionary is that they were they were portraying this drow who didn't kind of subscribe to that I'm always evil. I'm out for world domination. I'm out to do bad. You know, I'm I'm that kind of lawful evil mindset where I'm like I'm a supervillain sort of mindset. It it and that's kind of what made those novels so compelling. And so with the evolution, what they are what they're really trying to do is to not paint any races or any lineages or anything into those corners anymore where races and lineages or monsters or creatures or beasts or anything are inherently evil or inherently good or inherently lawful or inherently chaotic i mean they've basically done away with alignment in fifth edition anyway it's alignment is very much a suggestion it's basically tied to like the bonds and flaws that your character picks up during when they choose a background but the whole concept of alignment in fifth edition is not is not nearly as stratified as it was like in second edition and third edition in particular right right and so that that's basically what the origin of the evolution is it's is it is it is opening up uh, opening up everything to be totally free for interpretation by any players and storytellers out there that are looking to go ahead and pick it up right well and then you also have that they're they're opening up the races so that all the elves aren't fighter magic users yeah. and all of the dwarves aren't fighters and and so on because you know even going back you know again to show my age elf used to be a class dwarf yeah. was a class halfling was a class and even into ad and d you were restricted to multi-class within your race there was a list if you're an elf you can be a fighter magic user you could be a fighter yeah. cleric you could be a cleric totally. magic user you could be a fighter thief and and that was it Yep. Uh, humans could dual class. They had that option, and it, yep. and that persisted from AD and D. And there were level caps. I mean, that's the other thing. The level caps and made like no stat sense. Caps too. Like yes. if you were going to be a magic user, you had to have an intelligence of fifteen or you, yes. or, or twelve or whatever it was. You know. That, yeah. Yes, and, well, and and you had to if you if you wanted to cast a ninth level spell, you had to have an eighteen intelligence. Exactly. Uh, Paladin yep. had to have a seventeen charisma, and so on. Um, and they they took all of that out in third edition and they tried to balance the game in third edition and as an old school player i didn't really like that uh because i liked having a 27th level magic user and i like yeah. you know or, or or and i didn't i liked that magic users if you sneezed on them at level one they were gonna die they were dead yeah, yeah. but when they got to level 15 oh my yep. god they were yep. damn near they were damn near unstoppable and that was the trade-off. Your fighter got very powerful early on, and the magic user had to wait. And then the multi-class, you know, the multi-class options came into that way. Um, but it's my understanding also now that they're, you know, it's not just that if you're an elf, you get plus two intelligence or plus Correct. two dexterity and plus one. You you can you can distribute yep. that any way you want, right? Yeah, absolutely. But before yeah, we get correct. into that, because that is a good thing. Before we get into that, I want to talk about. Uh, how you just mentioned lawfully full, lawful good, yep. and all that, yep. um, and bringing the like, and, and I know you use the drow as an example. Here's my beef with that: is you have classes or races that are now playable, like the Yonti purebloods, mm -hmm. which kept the Githyanki as slaves. Yeah, and that is a prime example of hey, that is a race that is known for being evil and yep. while yes granted yes each individual character can be played in a different way and you say hey you know what he didn't agree with the slavery there's still that existence of that is a 
stereotypical, yep. very much so. And I think part of that, when you say there is no lawful evil, though lawful good, those those classes, it does take away from the the background of building and developing that character. But does it? It can, yes. But, uh, if, I mean, if, if it gets Yonki, if, if I'm playing a Yonti and I walk into a town and you see me as a Yonti, typically right? when that Yonti shows up in a town, but, they already have that prejudice built up against them because right, they but, know but, that but, it gets Yonki. But that's the point because there are human, to use the Forgotten Realms as an example, there are human cultures in the Forgotten Realms that keep slaves. Mm -hmm. And yep. there are human cultures there are human uh, towns and societies in the Forgotten Realms, Silvery Moon, who are what we would consider to be enlightened. When a human walks into the town, they don't automatically assume that they're either from Thay or from Silvery Moon or from you know, one of the other uh, 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 Rashomon. They don't automatically assume that. And that's what th they're trying to get away from. They're trying to get away from that stereotype mm -hmm. that, they, that every race is either evil or good. Okay. I'll, I'll also counter with this. You have a you made a paladin. Paladins have their oaths. If there is no alliance for good or bad, how does that affect their oaths? Paladins it, used to have they had to be lawful good. They did, yeah. and they and, and they had oaths to follow. They had to be typically lawful good or. It, but it good. wasn't tied to an oath. It was tied to the class. The paladin, by definition, was lawful good. The anti-paladin, by definition. Was, was lot was chaotic was awfully, oh yeah and so that that was inherent in the class and then when when they they expanded that you know they um you know now i don't think clerics actually have to have a deity uh correct that's that they don't have to because again the, the whole concept of the cleric and the paladin both are that they are they are devoted to a concept. Like clerics can have a deity. Clerics can have that. They can add that on top of it. They can add that that level of flavor, but it's not a requirement. You you can you can play you can play a paladin whose oath is uh is devoted to that concept. And so that's why it's no longer tied to to alignment, Steve. Is that you know, if you know, take um uh I'm gonna look So do you think it's more so do you think it's more because of our history of how these characters have been stereotypically played yes. uh that we have this concept in our mind versus knowing that there in reality there is a flexibility and a capability to play those characters yeah absolutely i i, I absolutely think that i do stereotypical you know? everybody yeah. plays a horny bard you yeah know? exactly it just right? i mean I'll, I'll even i'll even take your your yanti example a step further right so so you're if you look at the at the yanti Right. Who again? They they were enslaving the Githyanki. They you know so they have this kind of ancestral lore built into them. What the new lore setup allows is, and this is the example that I talked about on the phone. I, I think that mm -hmm. it really kind of encapsulates what I think is the benefit of this of this system. Right, mm -hmm. is that it allows me now to go ahead and play the Yanti, who is not just against that but rebelling against it right it allows me to go ahead and play a yanti it, it it allows it allows me as a storyteller to go ahead and write a campaign for a group of yanti who are trying to change the yanti from within think about that story for just a second right mm -hmm. and if i can for just one yeah, one, yeah, other yeah. Second, just one, one other example here the reason why that the yanti example doesn't hold a whole lot of water is that if you really think about it 
what is a necromancer doing when it is raising dead bodies and using skeletons and zombies as like their primary kind of army of darkness that they bring behind them? And nobody would ever say that necromancer is not a playable race, uh, 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 is not a playable class, right? And yet their entire thing is basically corpse desecration. You're absolutely right? 100% right. You know, and right. so like, you know, and, and enslavement on some level uh, uh, to, you know, of, of those of those of the creatures that they're raising so yeah but there's you know? there is a cause yeah. and effect for you playing a necromancer if as a dm if i see you you're in a town and you're raising dead people up townsfolk typically aren't going to take that as kosher which is and you're also talking about and and, and, and i totally agree with you absolutely yeah. and on all these senses we're talking i i agree but i'm also looking at like this if you're saying, hey, I'm playing a group of Yontees that is rebelling against that, the, the slavery, the, their, their ancestral history, you're also acknowledging that that history exists. Mm -hmm. And the way it's coming off, and if you acknowledge that it exists, that means if you are the DM and if you're playing this to where like, you know that this exists and then the town can, the towns and the villages and the cities can know this exists yeah. and they can have that concept in their mind if i bring a vampire into a town whether or not he's lawful good or lawful evil you're going to see a vampire and go hmm he's probably going to suck some blood well let, let me ask you this steve yeah to use your slavery example that wasn't mine that wasn't mine <laughs> but but to, to use the example of slavery yeah in the original draft of the constitution of the united states slavery is explicitly legal Does that make the United States explicitly evil? Okay, good call. And and so so what what this does as an evolution as as, as a storytelling device, it opens up possibilities that you can have a faction of Yon T who engage actively in slavery, hmm. and you have a faction of Drow who actively engage in slavery. Now, I don't know how they're going to rewrite the Sundering because, you know, the, the way that they wrote it, at least for the Forgotten Realms, was there was a war between the Good Elves and the Bad Elves, and the Good Elves drove the, the Bad Elves underground. And so and so that's what it was. So it's not necessarily that, that Drow themselves, well, Drow themselves were inherently evil because they came from an evil race, but now an evil faction of Elf, you know, because Drow and, and Surface Elf, they, they, they're still Elves. When it comes down to it and so what it does for the for the storyteller is it lets is it gives the opportunity for the, either the dungeon master or the player to to have a wide variety within that culture that it's not just that goblins and hobgoblins and trolls and whatever other playable the typically evil bugbears gnolls and all those who are the typically evil races now you can play those and they could be good and yeah. just like with that human walking into the town, you don't know that they're necessarily good or bad just by walking in. Now, there, there is still racism. There are a lot of good people, in good mm -hmm. humans who hate other humans who happen to have a different skin color, a different religion or whatever. Um, but that's it, it gives the dungeon master and the storyteller more options. And it really what the, it, I think, in all honesty, is because I typically, I play races that are typically considered evil, uh, kobolds are one mm -hmm. of my favorite things to play and inherently they're evil however as a player i like building them however i want to build them and all sixth edition is in this sense and this is where my honest opinion is they're acknowledging that most people are super flexible with it and play what they want to yep. play anyways and they're just saying yeah that's kosher do whatever you want 
Yeah. And that's, and that's really, it, it, when it comes down to, it, I think that's legitimately what they're yeah. saying. Like, Oh, well, and, and it means these races. And it means that old school players are going to have to give up those prejudices. You well, don't have to give up the prejudice yeah. in my mind, but you can be like, okay, it's, you have to accept that people are going to play what they want to play, right. but how is it affecting the game? It, it, it can still be like, right. oh, you're a cobalt. Oh, yeah. right, right. But, but back in the day, back, you know, if, if you were going to accept that all goblins are evil, right? If, if I'm playing a lawful good paladin and mm. I, and we come out and my party comes upon a village of goblins, I can murder hobo that village with no consequence. Yeah. Mm. Because in fact, my be paladin, rewarded for such. Yes. Yeah. Because my paladin, my lawful good paladin, knows for a fact that every goblin in that village is evil yep and they should be that's slaughtered. a good point that's not just the men point. not just the women but the children as well and i hate yeah. sand right <laughs> that, that that's that it's it's okay to them. do that yeah because because that's how the game was constructed and so now now they're 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 changing that and and yeah. i think for the better you know because that does that makes that gives more opportunity for the story to be told no, I, yeah. I absolutely 100% agree. I have a, a, a couple of thoughts on all that because I think I think you are absolutely right that you know, I think what we have to be really cognizant of is the reason why this is happening, right? The reason why this is happening is because this is the way that gaming is going. Gaming is going to more open, more permissive, more choice, that sort of thing. Yes. There are other systems that are coming out now that are not building these walls into their cake in the first place. And so now Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons & Dragons is looking like, okay, how do we open this up? Well, here's one way we can open this up. We, we can make basically no distinction between a, a race and a monster, right? And so like the monstrous races are playable and the playable races are monstrous and, and everything is everything's copacetic, everything's brewing, right? The only thing that I would take issue with what you said, David, is that I don't think that old players have to adapt, right? I think that what the what the, yes. what they're saying is that you can adapt if you want to. Here is a rule system that allows you to do whatever you want. And if 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 old Grognard Bill doesn't want sure. to change from all of the all of the strictures that were in second edition, Grognard Bill can do that. There is nothing that is keeping him from doing it. Right. That's just yes. not the only way to play, and that's 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 I think the right. small the small critique that I would say on what you're saying. You, I I agree, but but that's that conversation that you have to have at session zero. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Right. That that the dungeon master or the play group has to sit down and decide how are we going to do this. But like you were saying, it gives everybody the option. And the other thing that also they've they've done consciously is in this effort to 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 foster inclusion is they're making you know the, the even the even just in the artwork. They're giving, they're offering, you know, uh, more racial and more ethnic diversity and more gender diversity yeah. in a lot of the artwork and the options. Uh, and just by giving you the, me, the player, that if, that my dwarf isn't necessarily going to have plus two strength and that yeah. my elf isn't necessarily going to have that and that I can build that character regardless of yeah. whether it's, it's an elf or a halfling or, or a kobold. I can build it however I want with the attributes I want. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And not, and not be tied to the old ways. Now, yeah. if, but also if you want to be tied to the old ways, if you like that, go for it. More power too. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, like spoiler alert, right? Like, so like, even though the drow don't have to be evil anymore in my home table campaign, what that's just, which has been on hiatus for a couple of months because the podcast is really busy. Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. 
the drow are still the bad guys. Nobody knows it, but the drow are the bad guys. Like, that's that's the the big dark secret, and I feel pretty safe saying that because I'm not sure any of them listen to your show, Steve. Sorry. That's you. <laughs> but, you, know, that's, <laughs> you know, so, you know, but, like, that's just because they don't have to be the bad guys doesn't mean they can't be the bad guys, and that's sort right. of where I'm going. Right, but if you wanted to write a campaign where the dwarves were the bad guys, oh god, yeah, and the trolls were the good guys, it now now you're not now you're not tied to the AD and D alignment yeah. that's right there in the monster manual. Yeah. How's the saying go? One person's hero or one person's freedom fighter is another person's terrorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, history is written by the winners, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Well, yeah. and and from a storytelling side, the best villains are the ones who don't think they're evil. Yeah. That's true. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I can totally imagine like a, a like a, a village of trolls that like, you know, is getting so sick of, you know, the dwarven battle raging marauders coming over the hill and slaughtering their children. You know, like that's like, that's a compelling story. That's a great story. That's Stealing a great that. story to tell, you know? <laughs> and like, so then like, you've got like, you know, you've got like the trolls that have like gathered up all this gold to hire a party to help them defend their village, you know? I mean, there's there's meat on them, their bones. So that's yeah. pretty, actually, pretty good. And that that's what this allows. Yeah, you know. So uh, so the next part, and and I where we got into this whole conversation was you guys were talking about like your skill points and where yeah. they can go now and the flexibility into that. So I'll let you sure go into that. Yeah, sure. So I, again, I, David, you summed it up really well earlier. Basically, there is uh, in in by rule. Uh, certain races and lineages got certain bonuses to stats at character generation, right? So your elves will get plus two to dexterity, you know, plus one to intelligence, or I honestly, I don't right. remember what the, I don't, I don't get yeah. rules to memory. Like that's not what I do. So, <laughs> you know, um, and what they're saying now is that those hard and fast rules that certain races get certain benefits are going away and that every race gets a plus two and a plus one to place where they see fit. Right. And so, the intention there is to allow for more i mean not not only more choice because obviously that's where all this comes from is more choice right but it also allows for more interesting stories about how for example your elf who was raised by dwarves got their plus two in constitution instead of their plus two in dexterity or or vice versa how their how the 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 dwarf that was raised with elves you know didn't get their plus two in constitution and never grew a beard and you know and is is super dexterous like you know can you imagine like a like a dwarf illusionist you know uh you know a dwarf thief illusionist which was a great second edition class like that was one of my favorites you know like that's you know but imagine you know that someone a dwarf that like because dwarves were always like the anti-magic race too right like right. you know magic didn't affect them and all that sort of thing that's that has changed since as the editions have gone along here so imagine now a dwarf that's raised in this inherently fey magical environment and how does that impact the raise you know, the raising of that of that dwarf would that you know the, and the, basically as the story breaks down is that would that dwarf still have their plus two in constitution or would they be it's it's a nature over nurture kind of argument right it's like our dwarves inherently more constitutional or is it how they are raised you know and drinking rot guns since they were five you yeah know, kind of and in, in the 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 major debate over this is you know that nature versus nurture so if you're looking at nurture their cultural upbringings and whether or not this is taking away 
from the cultural side of the races and uh in a a good example was or the one that was brought to my attention was if you have an elf being raised by dwarves well dwarves typically are around we'll say three feet tall and elves are we'll say five to six depending on what ones you play or i think they can go up to the seven regardless uh you know you're much taller well if you're that much taller and you're living in caves with dwarves your upbringing you would be a lot more hunched over so why are you getting all the benefits of being a 30 foot uh speed versus a 25 foot speed but you're getting all the the you're getting the perks but you're not getting the the downs with that the negatives and 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 that is a somewhat valid point and it's how do they determine that well but it it, it doesn't necessarily just because your elf has plus two strength and plus one constitution instead of plus two dexterity and plus one intelligence or whatever it is that doesn't necessarily mean that that elf was raised by dwarves but maybe that elf is just naturally strong that's true instead of being naturally dexterous just just like humans are i mean and that's kind of the other thing is that they're they're allowing for more variation within the race that that some people have some people have different gifts and and for for some elves for some elves it's going to be that plus two dexterity plus one charisma and they're going to make a fabulous sorcerer a fabulous thief you know and then another elf is going to be plus two intelligence and and you know plus one dex and they're going to make a great wizard but another elf is plus two strength and plus one constitution and they're going to put that you know put that dude in 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 uh in mithril plate mail and they're going to send him out to do all the fighting exactly so i mean well, yes. I, I concept of a moon elf bard that is like plus two in charisma plus one in their intelligence like or plus one in their wisdom for like their supreme storytelling ability like you know i mean that's there there's all sorts of things that this is going to allow and is going to allow people to no longer be penalized by choosing a race that doesn't match the concept that they want to play okay Or, or or if they do want to play a fighter and you know the min maxers that they're not locked into being a mountain dwarf right right so what would be the benefit then from me choosing a human like it it a human versus an elf what would well, be the right, pro right right now the pro is that if you especially if you're playing a variant human you get a bonus feed at first level right and so like that's the big statistical benefit to playing a human and those are the kind of things that we're going to see we're going to see going away now the difference between playing a here playing a human and playing an elf is no longer going to be statistical it's going to be story it's going to be the story that you want to tell it's so it's it's going to be how you know how are you raised who were the what were the beings that you were raised with what were the beings that that nurtured you you know that kind of thing what what is your life experience kind of like it's no longer going to be statistical so there's nothing basically they're all vanilla is essentially what you're saying it's all the same it's just what shape do you want to take with your character well, the elves are still going to have dark vision, and halflings are not. Are they though? Or is, is so if if an elf well, is raised by is, now, so. is, is if an elf is raised by dwarves, is it going to have stone cunning, or is it going to have its skills? 
that were typical with the elves. I mean, if if we're using Tasha's rules, right? If we're if we're and, and that's basically kind of the model that a lot of us think that that five point five or six point is going to be built on, or the are the rules for optional character generation that were released with Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, right? It was mm-hmm. the the way that it broke down is that not only did you get the plus two and plus one to go ahead and put in whatever stat you wanted, and then there were a choice of you know, the, the book is downstairs, so I can't go look it up. But it was like four or five different, uh, I'm trying to remember, what the, basically supernatural abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Dark Vision was one. Um, there were a couple of others in there. But I remember Dark, dark Vision being the big one, that basically you could choose to take Dark Vision uh, regardless of what, what race or okay. lineage you were playing, right? And so basically you got your plus two and your plus one, and then one of these five things. And so I'm assuming that stone stone cutting might be one of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Vision was certainly one of them, you know, that kind of thing. So um, why would I want to play anything besides, let's say, a kobold because he's half the size and he gets 30 feet movement. Uh, you get your elves, which have 30 feet movement, or like a, a goliath or a furbolg, which have, you know, they're considered large creatures. And so they get yeah. perks that what's the point of me playing a, a dwarf, a human, everything else, essentially. Sure. I'm going to take the Goliath and the Furbolg and put them aside for just a second. Okay, I that's, think that's a very, that's a very interesting point on a, on a separate level for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, the reason why you would want to play anything else is based on the story that you want to tell. Remember that's, that's the point okay. of the game. The point of right. the game is not to, to, you know, give your character the best cool powers with a capital K and a Z at the end to, 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 you know, to be statistically the best thing on the board. Like that's not, that's not actually the point of the game. Yes. Excuse me. Let me rephrase that. It doesn't have to be the point of the game, right? Mm -hmm. If that's the game that you want to play, there are there then then Dungeons and Dragons is a great system to do that in, particularly fifth edition, because it allows it really allows you to lean into a lot of that kind of min-maxing statistical calculation about how what's the best build, you know, what's the best build for a 16th level Psy Warrior? Well, if you're playing a Psy Warrior, you really want to be a high elf because you get, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? And I say that because I'm playing a high elf Psy <laughs> Warrior in the fighter episode that we're gonna be recording in a little bit nice. here, right? So, you know. But what it's saying is that based on the story that you want to tell, you don't have to be any of those things because you can be whatever your story says and you are no longer statistically penalized for being that, right? Because before, if you wanted to play, if you wanted to play the the, the moon elf bard, you know, moon elves are super nomadic. It's perfect for a bard. Think about the, the wandering bard that you saw in Wheel of Time and everything like that, right? Yeah. Imagine that as a moon elf. It is a perfect transition, and a bard would be a perfect story for a moon elf to 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 uh, to be part of. Except that the two things that are most important to a bard, charisma and intelligence, get no benefit. And instead, you've got that moon elf bard that gets uh, that gets dexterity and it gets dexterity and intelligence, but it doesn't get charisma, which is the best thing that you, which is the most important thing that you need to be a bard to be an effective bard. So now you're in the situation where you need to go ahead and tool your other stats to go ahead and make sure you get that charisma bonus to be effective as a bard because you chose to play a moon elf when the story is fantastic. And right. if you could just take that plus two in dexterity, put the plus two in charisma instead, Bob is your uncle. You're all set. Is there still going to be racial trait bonuses? So like say kobolds, they have pack hunter. So they get a bonus advantage on attacks within five feet. You know, that I kind sus- of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect that that's going to be the kind of thing that you'll see like in that list of like pick from this thing, like pick okay. from these things. And I would be willing to bet also that a lot of those type of like pack ability, uh, like pack ability is a great, cause it's a great feature of the kobolds, right? Yeah. I suspect you're going to see the vast majority of those turned into feats. 
right? So now, so now if you are a highly trained group of human fighters, you can have pack tactics, which is, which is sexy. Yeah. Or or they'll build that into a background. Yep. I mean, but, but, but the, the, the advantage of this is it goes back to play what you want to play the way you want to play it. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And and as you were talking about a second ago, some, the way they've written it, you can't play the way play everything the way you want to play it. And that's also not to say that in the monster manual that the, all the kobolds are going to have pack tactics. It's just sure. your your player, your yeah. player character can choose something else in lieu of that or that they can take that feat or they can take that background that yep. gives them that ability. Yeah. And, I think the, the point about background, sorry, not to go ahead. And no, Jackson, go ahead. The point about backgrounds is a really good one, David, because if you look at the, the latest book that wizards put out before the, before the, the tri edition special edition that came out in January, but the, the, um, uh, the Strixhaven book set the precedent where you can build a background that as it's uh, kind of ability, because all backgrounds get like, you, you get proficiencies in certain things, you get some language right. proficiencies, you get certain things, and then each background has an ability, right? right? In the Strixhaven book, they have set the precedent now where that ability can be a feat. So, you know, I don't think I, I, I don't think that you're wrong, that that, that that could certainly, that they could be doing one of the two things. They could make them feats and then build backgrounds that specialize in that feat. So, you know, maybe kobold, maybe kobolds have a Cobalt pack hunter background, right? And they get this pack tactics feat, uh, mm. you know, kind of thing, as well as like proficiency to stealth and proficiency to thing, like, things like that. So, you know, so. And the Goliath and the the Furbolg. Yeah, so the Goliath and the Furbolg, I think, are an interesting case because they are they are the Goliath in particular is a race that does not get plus two plus one. It gets plus two plus two, right? It gets it gets advantage to two different abilities. I think it's strength and constitution, if I remember correctly. Mm. So how they're going to handle edge cases like that, I think is going to be very interesting. Uh, I, and again, I wonder if, you know, they will be, I, I, I suspect what they'll do is that they will make the Goliath plus two plus one, like everything else. Um, or, or if nothing else, uh, yeah, that, that Goliath will still be plus two plus one, but again, like as either a, you know, as a background, like, you know, I am a tenacious Goliath, dumb, whatever, as a background gets, it gets an additional plus one to one stat as its special ability. Right. I suspect is how they're going to go ahead and do that. But that's, that's why I said the, the Goliath is an interesting case because that's the exception to the rule, right? That That's the exception to the plus two plus one rule. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I, I'm excited. I'm curious to see what they're going to come up with. And I know I came up, I'm the negative guy in this one, but it was, <laughs> it was just to get those questions up. Uh, do you, I, I, I know we need to wrap this up. Um, so did you have any other final thoughts about this that are good points to be brought up about six or 5.5 evolution? You know, I, one of the things that I've taken great comfort in is that they've said it's going to be backwards compatible. Because every time they announce a new edition, (laughs) I always get wary and I think, are they really going to make me buy another set of books? (laughs) Now, to tell you a story, again, because I go back to AD&D and Redbox, my player's handbook costs $10 and I bought it at Electronics Boutique at the mall. (laughs) What's that? What's a mall? Exactly. (laughs) What's Electronics Boutique? (laughs) But the, the, you know, but and the dun- and the DMG, the Dungeon Master's Guide was $14. Oh my God, how much allowance is that to save up in you know the mid-80s? And now each one of these books is 50 bucks a pop. 50 bucks a pop. Yeah. And and fifth edition has been around since 2014. So we're coming up on eight years. Fourth edition lasted six years. Third edition lasted eight years. 
And so the cynical part of me just wonders, because now, I mean, I don't even have all the books and I've got hundreds of dollars and that's, and yeah. the people that, that have D&D Beyond, good yeah. Lord, if oh, you yeah. have bought all the content on D&D Beyond, that, that's that's a thousand dollars, yeah, right? Oh yeah. If you've bought everything. And so are they really gonna take a dump on all of those people and say, ah, we're coming out with 6.0 and all of yeah. this, you know, all of this stuff is going away and now you have to buy new content because they're a bunch of greedy bastards. I mean, that's that's the cynical part yeah. of me every time they talk about this. I, I don't think that it's greed, but I do think that histor- history shows that, yeah, you should be expecting a dump coming because, you know, um, it's, it, it's going to happen. And I mean, that's, you know, and man, uh, okay. We've said this a lot on our show um, about, because we, we do book reviews. Every time Wizards puts out a book, we'll crack it open and we'll go ahead and talk about it and talk about how good it is. Or uh, lately we've been talking a lot about how, not good they've been like there was some significant quality there was some significant quality issues i think in the last two or three books but think about how much their publication schedule has accelerated right so they put out so they just put out a, a three book set in uh in late january right um they put out a book in december they put out a book in november they put out a book in october they put out a book in august they put out a book in july right our podcast started in January of last year, or I guess it was in, in like November of the year before when they put out Tasha's. So that's like seven books in the last 15 months. Um, you know, and I think that particularly like Wild Beyond the Witchlight was fine. It just wasn't the book that we wanted, right? We wanted like nice Feywild material and we basically got a campaign path. Okay, fine. And a bunny. Um, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, you know. Um, and then when Fizbins came out, the, the new dragon book is like, oh, it's gonna be all about dragons. Isn't this great? And it's okay. It's not the blockbuster that we wanted. Um, and I think that a lot of us were looking at the Strixhaven book like, oh, is this, what is this actually going to be? Especially when they made pretty substantial changes after the Young Earth Arcana came out um, with the new classes and everything, or the new feats and the new classes and everything like that. And they collectively got a raspberry that nobody liked them. Um, and they basically rewrote all that stuff. And I think we got the book that we expected that we were going to get after that, is that it had a, it has what is it has a really great campaign in it. I will say that the Strixhaven campaign looks an awful lot of fun, but the stuff around it is is lackluster. And um, and so, you know, we've been pretty critical about these books uh, as they've been coming out here. Um, and you know, uh, we didn't talk. We haven't talked about this on the show very much but we also were not crazy about the fact that the only way to get the monsters of the multiverse book was in that three book set with two books that we've already bought or you've got to wait till may or whatever till whatever may. The- exactly right exactly. until middle of may and they didn't even release it digitally you couldn't even get it digitally you could only buy it in that three book set until may that's the kind of stuff that i'm looking at like man that's just not come on like we've spent thousands of dollars with you was please give us the new book. We want the new book. Please give it to us. Don't make us buy it with two other books that we already got. One that's only a year old. So yeah. anyway, all that to go ahead and say that I think the dump is coming. You're going to have to get ready for it. And I think that that if if they've got new ideas, if they have fresh stuff, if they are looking at this as kind of a creative re-energizing and we're going to start getting good quality books again, bring it on. Like I will buy good quality books from wizard. What I don't want to be buying anymore are lackluster books. I don't want to be shelling out 50 bucks for a book. That's a solid C to a B. You know, I want to home run every time. So. 
or a system that mechanically is just not good. And that was the biggest yeah. complaint about fourth edition. Yeah. The mechanics of fourth edition just didn't work yeah. very well. They really uh, did take the best parts of it, but for fifth right, edition. Right, yeah. but, but they also took the best parts of third too. And yeah. if people are honest, that third edition isn't as good as a lot of people say it is, yeah. or people want features. to believe it is, but they took the best parts of third and they took the best parts of fourth and they, they and I, I like the yeah. mechanics of fifth edition. And again, I, I go back to yep. AD&D to say that. There's still some things I dislike, but the, the if they, if this is a, a D&D 6.0 and they completely revamp the system to make me go buy new books, that will upset me. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Well, I think this is an amazing spot to uh, end this. Uh, but before we do that, Josh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, yeah, where can the absolutely. good people in all around the world find you? Oh, man. So uh, you can find the Tabletop Journeys podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can't find the Tabletop Journeys podcast where you happen to listen to podcasts, please go to www.ttjourneys.com and drop us a line and let us know where you listen to podcasts so we can make sure to get our stuff on there. But um, you can also, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at TT Journeys. Uh, join the really vibrant Facebook group. Just search for Tabletop Journeys and you'll find that. Page um, much if you look for, t for Tabletop Journeys or TT Journeys anywhere on the internet, you uh, you will either find us or uh, a, a, a diving club in Wisconsin that I'm desperately trying to get the domain <laughs> name from. So that's, you know, that's awesome. All right. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod and on Twitter at NerdDNAPod and on our webpage designed by the wonderful Josh Newton. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. NerdDNAPod.com. Uh, I'm Steve Pugh. I've been joined with my wonderful co-host, David Perry, and the amazingly impeccable and the positive thinking Joshua Newton. <laughs> Thank oh, man, you so Joshua. much, gentlemen. If only my mom calls me Joshua. Man, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, you're in trouble now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't expect these shoes to my head at any minute. <laughs> so, so. Thank you, gentlemen, for being on the show tonight. All right. Good night, All right. everybody. Good night. Good night. Thanks. Thanks.